0: Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Do you remember that childhood story? We called it the ugly duckling. It was a duck brooding her nest, and one large egg dwarfed the remaining eggs. She wasn't sure how the egg got there. The smaller eggs hatched first. The larger egg hatched last. And, of course, the ugly duckling emerged to be scorned, mocked, ridiculed by the others. As the little bird began to grow, it was ostracized. The ugly duckling lived an almost solitary life until it was welcomed by swans as one of their own. Indeed, the once ugly duckling had not known her true identity. She was not a duck at all, but a beautiful swan in the making. All too often, we measure ourselves by the wrong standard. We feel like we don't measure up. The 139th Psalm is God putting his hand on the Bible, per se, and saying, Can I tell you what I feel about you? When God thinks of you. That is our theme this week on Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley, and I'm so glad that you are here to be a part of it. I sometimes encounter people who fail to see the value of their own life. We skirt this issue in our personal lives to our own detriment. We know there are indefinable feelings of inadequacies lurking within us. We think if we can run hard enough, work hard enough, maybe run fast enough, we can outpace them, outrun them, outwork them. But our performance mentality only accentuates the problems because we soon grow unable to meet those high standards of perfectionism. And the phantom feelings and false reflections are confirmed in our own minds through our present failures. The Bible has something to say about this subject. It's in the greatest commandment. Jesus said that we should love the Lord our God with all of our mind. The heart in Scripture can encompass our emotion and even our thought life and how we see ourselves, how we view ourselves, affects our ability to fulfill that first commandment, to love God as He is truly worthy to be loved. The second commandment contains a third commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. If a person doesn't love themselves, they can't love others. That seems to be implied there. If a person doesn't love themselves, they can't love God. The hardest person to love is someone who does not value themselves. The hardest person to get along with is someone who feels perpetually inadequate and scorned. Do you remember the acronym for joy? If you really want joy, Jesus first, J. Others, O, second. And Y, yourself third. We usually mean by that the self comes last, that we shouldn't put ourselves in front of God and others, and that is exactly right. But I would just urge you, don't drop the Y from the equation. Don't drop the Y from the letter joy in the acronym. Don't run from feelings of inadequacy. Face them. We may see ourselves as inadequate, but How does God see us? When God sees us, what does He see? Does He see an ugly duckling that He longs to turn into a swan? No, the Lord actually sees the end from the beginning. In Hosea, He called Israel the one I do not love. But then He says, Although I just called her that, please tell her I love her still. He calls a traitor in the New Testament a friend. He calls a faithless apostle the rock. He calls things that are not as though they already are. Because God sees the end from the beginning. He sees through the eyes of faith. He also sees through the eyes of love. We God sees us, he sees something beautiful. Imperfect though it presently may be, he sees the divine intention. And he loves us. Reading the 139th Psalm, that is about all you can conclude. The first five verses tell us that he's aware of us. He knows our every move. He knows when we get up in the morning. He knows when we lay down in the evening. He knows what we are about to say. He hymns us in on every side. He lays his hands on us. We are not statistics to God. We are not mere numbers. We are his delight. We are his children. and He knows us better than we know ourselves. Think about that just for a moment. He knows the number of hairs on our head. He captures our tears. He stores them. He watches over us. The next six verses in that psalm tell me he's available to me. There's no place I can run from his spirit or flee from his presence, if I ascend into the heavens, if I make my bed in the depths of the sea, if I rise on the wings of the morning, if I settle on the far side of the ocean everywhere I go, he is not only there, but his guiding hand is available to me. Jesus promised, I will be with you to the end of the world. I will never leave you I will never forsake you. I'm talking about how does God view us? How does he feel about us? What does he think about us? I believe how he feels about us is revealed in his abiding presence. In every situation, he is there. When I feel good about myself, when I feel bad, he's there. When I'm faithful, when I deny him, he is there. When I'm questioning him when I'm boasting of him, he is there. If I'm fearful, he's there. If I'm confident, he's there. The Lord said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Before I was born, Lord, you had plans for me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me beyond my thoughts or your thoughts. They're so great. They're so precious. They're more numerous than the grains of sand on the golden shores. Your way of seeing is available to me. You know me perfectly, but still you accept me. You accepted me when I felt unacceptable. You loved me when I felt unlovable. This is that powerful psalm we're studying. In the closing part of it, the psalmist prayed the same prayer he did at the beginning. Search my heart, don't let me think the wrong way. God help me to see myself as you see me. Make me into the image that you see me becoming. You have accepted me. Help me to grow ever more acceptable in your sight. I think that's so beautiful. We we must allow God. God's view of us, to become our own. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? I I would say the first way is you have to rest in his love. We could not love him unless he first loved us. Listen to this. To stop God loving you would be to rob him of his deity. For God is love no less than he is holy, no less than he is one, no less than he is truth. You may remember the story of Paderewski, that great composer-pianist. A gala event was planned in America, and high society turned out in their tuxedos and evening gowns. Present in the audience was a mother with her fidgeting nine-year-old son, She had brought him, hoping that he could witness the master play, and it would inspire him in his own music lessons. As the mother turned to speak with others, her boy slipped away, drawn to the ebony concert grand Steinway, perched on center stage. Undetected by the stagehands and by the hobnobbing crowd, the boy sat down and began to play what he knew. He played chopsticks. The crowd immediately expressed its disapproval with a loud roar, and they shouted, get that boy off the platform, stop him. His mother was horrified and began to race toward the stage. But backstage, the master, Paderewski, overheard the music and the roar of the crowd. He put two and two together and understood what had happened. He grabbed his coat, rushed on stage. Without a single word of announcing his presence, he stooped over the boy, reached on both sides and began to improvise a counter-melody to harmonize and enhance the boys' uninspired chopsticks. As the two played together, Paderewski kept whispering, don't quit, keep playing, don't stop. And when the performance was finished, the once critical audience now roared its appreciation. I think that's what God is doing in our lives. He is saying, Don't stop. You may hit a wrong key, but He improvises. You may make a misstep, but He augments. You never catch God by surprise. Our mistakes, He can weave into a grander plan. He can work all things together for good. We need to remember some childhood songs, I think, like, Yes, Jesus loves me, or He's still working on me. He's so patient with us. Because we read in 1 Corinthians 13, love indeed is patient and God is love. I think we need to wrap our thoughts into his thoughts. We need to think his thoughts. Paul said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. And what mind was that? It was humility, that we should not think more highly of ourselves than we ought, but neither should we think more lowly. We should humble ourselves before God, and we should realize that our own vain notions of ourselves may differ to how God really views us. I have seen it so many times that people have such horrible viewpoints of themselves. They can't imagine any human being could love them. It's only when they alter their viewpoint to the divine viewpoint. They realize that God loved them enough to come to earth and offer the supreme sacrifice. We should humble ourselves before God. And allow our vain and false notions of ourselves, our self-conceptions, self-perceptions, our own view of our self-worth to fall by the wayside. For His Spirit is changing us each and every day. Each and every day, we should see more and more of Jesus on the inside of us. We should become more like Him. In that story of the ugly duckling, toward the end, the bird is gliding into a lake. He's so lonely, so miserable. He sees some swans on the lake below. And as he settles into the lake, he sees his reflection, a reflection of a creature he didn't recognize. And the bird was startled. Who was, what was this beautiful creature? When he settled onto the water, what startled him more were the beautiful birds started swimming toward him. They were friendly, not mean. And on the shore, two children cried, look, another one. It's the most beautiful swan of them all. External confirmation for who he really was. Let me affirm to you what God thinks about you. You are loved. You are special. He died for you. He sees your struggles. He wants to free you from your low opinion of yourself and life. Allow him to do this. When God Thanks of you. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources The book on prayer is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.